Welcome, everybody. It is PMP Weekly, episode 142. In the PMP Weekly, we talk about the latest in Microsoft 365 as a whole, including typically a visitor. Um, my name is Sasa Yuvanen. I'm a program manager in the Microsoft 365 platform side of the house. And with me as a co-host is Waldek. Hey, everybody. My name is Valdek Mazdekas. I'm cloud developer advocate for Microsoft 365 and Microsoft. Now, today we'll have Natalie joining us for a nice discussion about her career. Uh, she is a program manager to program manager two uh, in Microsoft uh, platform side and, and running the independent connectors uh, open source community effort. Um, it's a really cool discussion, actually, which already just recorded that before recording this intro. But without further ado, let's actually jump on that and we'll come back on the articles right after the chat with Natalie. Welcome, Natalie joining us today from Portugal, Porto. Uh, I think that was the location, unless completely mistaken. Um, so like we, like we did a quick intro, Natalie is a, your senior program manager. You're a program manager. Program manager too. Program manager too, <laughs> uh, from the oh, Power Platform side of the house. Uh, so, and focusing right now on open source and community side of things. But before we go there and before we actually deep dive on what you do for a living, can you do a quick intro by yourself? So uh, we will get it correctly. Sure. All right. So my name is Natalie Finkowska. I am a first-generation Polish-American, born and raised in New York City. Um, I went to school in Boston University, and that's where I studied computer science, business, and environmental analysis and policy. So a nice blend of all three of my interests. And so it's pretty awesome that I got into the open source community space because I did a lot of work like that in college by hosting hackathons and building communities in tech, especially for women, but also just people who are studying in computer science at Boston University. Um, so it's pretty awesome that I ended up in a role like this. Outside of work, I love biking, I like reading, and I like spending time with my cat, whose name is Fuzzy. Fuzzy, and that's that's a really good, what, what's happening now with Fuzzy? Where are you now and who's taking care of Fuzzy? Yeah, so I live back at home in New York. I live with my mom in my childhood bedroom because of the pandemic. It's been a little bit interesting, but that means I get to spend more time with my cat. So he's alone with my mom, definitely misses me because I miss him too. And I'm in Porto, <laughs> Portugal for a month. Um, so I'm here doing a little workcation. I did something similar back in September. I did it on the West Coast so I could meet my team at Microsoft. But here, I'm just kind of like changing up my environment, changing up my routine, um, just now, especially now that things are getting better uh, throughout the world with COVID. Yeah, just, uh, we'll cool. come back on that one in a second. Now, can you talk about a bit uh, from uh, your, let's say, career development? How did you end up in Microsoft? Were you yeah. kind of acquired directly from university or how did that happen? Yeah, so it was during university, I was an intern in 2019 on the Power Query team. Um, but even even rewinding before that, uh, what had happened was I was I joined like a civic tech coffee group in Boston and I was going there once a month. I didn't even know it was sponsored by Microsoft, but there were Microsoft people in the room and I would be going. I was the youngest person in the room. I just come in and kind of like talk about some of the things that I'm working on in Boston, whether it's the hackathon or um, the, the tech incubator that I was part of at Boston University. And I was bringing in all these topics and all these questions and you know, forming a lot of partnerships with the people in that room. And I didn't know it was like 
<laughs> Again, I didn't know it was sponsored by Microsoft, but I ended up meeting a lot of people in the company and uh, had a lot of like coffee chats and everything. And then I asked somebody for a referral and it was really awesome that that was the way I could get into, into the space. And so I interned on the Power Query team the following year for the summer, lived in Seattle, had a wonderful time, and then went back to school for one more semester, graduated and started back again last year in June. So I've been at the company for almost a year and a half now, um, and I've been on the same team since. So before I was working on Power Query, and now I kind of joined back in um, on the Power Platform Connector space. Two things related on that one. First of all, I need to kind of a recap. So basically, you get to know the people by having a discussion with the people. So going to the meeting and meetups and all of that stuff, is that no. something what... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you get to know people by talking to them. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, if there's no, one it's, thing it's, you will take away yeah, from this call, it's, exactly. it's the way. It's no, oversimplifying things. That is precisely, that is actually super important. Things will not happen if you stay at home in the, your room and, and you're waiting for magical things to happen. You need to actually go to people and do things and being active and raising your hand and asking those questions. It's, it's almost like in an open source. There's a lot of MVPs who got the open source because they started being active. They gained the, 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 the well, whatever activities and, and started being there rather than just by themselves and, and doing their things, which is a completely fine option as well. But if you want to be actively involved in the community and, and also getting those career um, opportunities, uh, it is a great way of doing that. So yeah, I think the past 18 months have been a bit difficult for the coffee meetups, but uh, at least virtual ones, that's happening all the time. Right. So, yeah, and it's super easy to do that, right? Like we're all in completely different places. That's and, true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. <laughs> Very different places, or different parts of the world. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing actually to think about it. There's a lot of people in the in our open source and, and community crew like you, which we never met. Yep. Using this camera thing and <laughs> and working together on things, and and it's actually pretty mind blowing. With Wildek, I I can't remember when we last time even met either. So it's been a while. Three years ago, I think. Three years? Pretty well, I guess the kind advantage of that we have is that... Quotes, but, but still. Well, I guess the advantage, the advantage that we have is that we can tell how tall we are each other. But for many folks, it's exactly that. Like, we, I don't know. Like, I haven't met my team Why in person. I don't know how tall everybody is. <laughs> well, like, height? we only see this. Huh? What? <laughs> How's the height going to matter? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it's no, no, one just, of the things yeah. you learn when you met meet people in person. Like, like it doesn't carry over camera in a way. So, no, that's true. Especially, because when people meet me, they're like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't know you were that tall. You're tall." <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> You're what tall. Meters. I think I'm like I think I'm 172 centimeters, something like that. Because I'm five foot eight. Somebody can check the math. Is for that me. tall? Is, is, is that, that tall? tall? I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I think that's tall. Five foot eight. Most people are shorter than me. <laughs> there you go. In, in Europe, right? In Europe. Maybe not in Europe, but in the US, yes. Okay. <laughs> so the cultural differences. Now, now the one thing that I wanted to actually come back on, what you said, something really, really nice, which I just want to call it out, because you said that it's pretty cool that you've got to be in this role, what you're doing right now as an open source community leader and all of that stuff. But actually, you were not acquired to that role. You created that role. Isn't that correct? 
Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I was working on a lot of different products and features, um, especially last year when I started and making documentation improvements, right? And slowly and slowly, I think my skills were kind of noticed that, hey, I'm a people person. Hey, I, I value connection, right? And um, I also value a lot of like side projects and, and other initiatives. And so, you know, when this whole idea came out for community connectors and we started hearing things, that's what it used to be called, right? And we started hearing requests from MVPs like, hey, how come we can't contribute to the Power Platform? Why is there no way for us to do that today? Um, you know, I I was kind of given this task, right? But that was it. It was like, this is the feedback. Take this, do whatever you want with it, right? Yeah. And definitely, I think like over, it's been, all, it's been a year pretty much when it was just handed to me on a piece of paper. And ever since then, right, lots of conversations with MVPs and then, you know, building up this whole framework, learning from you, Vesa, on, you know, how the PMP group is structured, right? It was, de it's definitely like when I look back the past year, I'm like, wow, I really started with like just one sentence exactly. and it turned into this whole community. Um, yeah, it's like so much more than the product and the offering. It's, it's the community behind it. It's all these talented people. And yeah, yeah it's been amazing. And, so and really enabling people to contribute. Interested. Yeah, sorry, Walter. Yeah, the one that I'm interested in is like you. Uh, you had prior experience working in communities, like at college. How is that different to the communities you engage with today, or not? And if so, how? Ah, uh, I see. That's a really good question. I think it's that's so interesting. I think it's always about motivation and intention, right? Like. Why are like the the answer to the question of why are people, you know, joining um, Microsoft communities is very different from, you know, why are people joining communities in college, right? But overall, those even those answers might be a little bit different. I think the one commonality is the fact that people want to be a part of something with other people. People want to yeah. carry that identity. People want to fit in and belong, whether it's based on who they are, right? And that's how it mostly was in college. Or, you know, more than that, they want to learn from each other. They want to build, like, they, they want to get somewhere. They want to get, like, a, whether it's a career goal or something like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so I've seen I've seen a lot of that, and I think back in college, right, it was always about you know fitting in and resume. You want to have all these things on your resume. You want to make sure that like you can get a good career after college, and it's like you're all frantically worried about what's going to happen next, right? And now here, when I came into adulthood, it's interesting because like I made that transition from college to adulthood, still learning how to be an adult. <laughs> and like at the same time running this community and I'm starting to learn about the different functions and like motivations for people here. Like why are people MVPs, right? Why are people so interested in Microsoft products, right? It's almost like you get into this like tech nerd world and I love it. Like it's, it's what it is, right? It's, it's definitely what it is. Yeah. And it's all about human interactions and helping. Right. And that's I, I think that's the the one thing what you're doing really well and, and well what the same model what we do within the BMP, well the, the community activities which we do as a whole is that we wanna we don't wanna own it, we facilitate, we help people to be successful in the community. And I, I think that mentality will help a lot for people to get involved because it's not about Microsoft, it's about the people. It's about right. the customers and them and they are the primary thing, not Microsoft and and hopefully we'll get this mentality even further, let's say, shared uh, in in some of the initiatives. And we'll, we are seeing a lot of lot of let's say 
improvements and a lot of people being highly active and interested on adapting to similar way of thinking in, in other products as well. That's really cool. Yeah, it is nice because <laughs> it's more than just passion and it, it, there's just so many different aspects to it. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to ask is how did you go about finding out about community at Microsoft? Like like new hire, straight from college, tasked with a thing. How did you find out about what is out there? Yeah, I think I, I like to think about this question of would it have been easier if I was in the office? And I don't know if that's the case. Like oh, maybe okay. I, I wonder if it would have been easier. But the way that I did go about it was I kind of just like ask people for help, right? I think in the same way no, that I approached the did? Civic Tech Coffee, no. yeah, I, super <laughs> simple. I was like, hey, I'm doing this. Can you, and like, I, I would ask pointed questions, like, or like hop on a phone call with somebody and tell them to explain the org chart, tell them to explain like all these little things for me, right? Because when you could piece them all together and all this knowledge and information, you know, then it makes it a little bit easier. And you're like, okay, let me at least navigate through here, right? I still don't have everything figured out. I probably never will, right? And that's what I always <laughs> like to say because there's always more to learn. And definitely from like talking to the MVPs themselves, I learned a lot, right? I learned even more about their motivations. Just talking to the people who want to be part of this community, who yeah. wanted this in the first place, right? I think that's one, but then also navigating through Microsoft was definitely a little bit hard, finding the people, the right people, right? Um, like definitely like April was somebody that I spoke to. April Dunham is somebody yep. who I spoke to from the start. Uvesa as well. It's like, you know, having people that you can go and ask questions and ask for pointed advice. Um, definitely I cannot appreciate that anymore because I would have been completely lost without a map. <laughs> but, but again, asking, being, being open and transparent and asking assistance is completely fine. And that's the one thing what I love about our company that we're promoting Microsoft as an employee. But, but in general, everybody is willing to help every single time if they just have a time and, and they, they, they have that five minutes or 10 minutes, they're willing to jump in and help on people to be successful because it's, it's, it's just a mental mindset, which is super great. It's the classic story of Microsoft and the cons and everything else. Uh, maybe in a political level somewhere, there might be some level of a jealousy across the organizations and all of that, but in the individual level, it doesn't happen. It's, it's, I think it's always a fair game and uh, trying to help others to succeed as well. We're one yeah. Microsoft. So. And I think it's funny because I can also play the new person card, right? Like back then, I was like, oh, I've only been here for a couple of months. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I think that uh, I feel like that that card is not always necessary, right? I don't even say that anymore. Like you said, like people are always willing to help as long as you know what you're looking for. And sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. That's happened to me as well. Right. And then you have to talk to a lot of people before you get there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always wonder, like, would it have been easier if I was in person or not? Probably not. Probably would have been the same thing. Probably not. Yeah. No. I think, that's, I think, yeah, I and, think it wouldn't. And even the, the internally, there isn't that, that many people who understand the value of what the MVPs actually bring to Microsoft and understand that worldwide scale, which we can get through MVPs and how smart and connected they are again, because that's what they do for a living. So some of them are senior directors in our biggest partners in the world. And when I start having that discussion with them, you're like, wow, you're smart. Wow, <laughs> I feel so small. Yeah. And that's human interactions anyway. Now, um, just for recapping a bit, we kind of jumped on your, your kind of open source and community things, but what is actually independent publisher connectors? What, what does it what does it matter? Um, first of all, from an end user or a, let's say, customer perspective, and then from an MVP perspective. Yeah. So can you do a quick intro on that? 
Yeah, so today we have somewhere over 560 connectors on the Power Platform, right? Um, which, you know, seems like a large number. But then when you think about how many services there are, how many APIs there are, it's almost endless, right? We're constantly building new products. We're constantly, and with those products are coming APIs, right? And so, you know, I think the interesting part about this is the whole low-code revolution, right? Without connectors, you cannot build, you know, apps. Well, what are they going to connect to? They're not going to connect to any data or backend source. Same thing with Flow, same thing with Azure Logic Apps, which is super similar to Power Automate, right? Without that, you know, you, you don't have anything pretty much. And so um, that's like the importance of the connector. Now, from the end user perspective, right, the more connectors we have, the better. But especially the more connectors we have that they need, the better for them, right? Now they can build incredible flows and incredible apps, right, that they can use for their entire organization that can benefit everyone in the organization, right? So from that perspective, it's super helpful for customers to have great connectors to services they need, but also very functional connectors that actually have the actions and triggers they need. Now, from the MVP perspective, right, I think what's interesting is, you know, this was directly an ask from them. It's like, why can't we just submit a connector? Why do I have to own the API? Because that's what it, we used to allow before. It was Adobe could only submit the Adobe connector, right? It was very specific. It was only right. limited to them, right? And, you know, from one side, it kind of makes sense, right? They own the product service. They own the back end. They may be motivated to build and integrate with their platform. But there's... What we also saw was so many people were building the same custom connector and in their environments through different companies, through all different places in the world, right? Why, why, why? Like, it's just like extra time. It's like, yeah. you know, if you add all that, of, like the amount of times probably people built a HubSpot connector, a HubSpot custom connector, right? Use it, use it just themselves, right? When like so many people could benefit from that whether they're customers or MVPs, right? To build solutions to make their lives easier and faster. Um, so that's one thing, right? It really helps when it comes to the whole custom connector story because now you build something incredible. You can share it with everyone in the world, right? And I think that's pretty awesome. Um, and we've seen uh, like the HubSpot connectors come out and a lot more to all these incredible services. But of course, like even beyond that, right? The fact that you have your, you get to have your name in an enterprise product right, that you know is growing and that you know is like at a really fast pace and is part of this low code revolution, right? And you know, by by having that, in a way, it's like you know we go through a pretty rigorous certification process for these connectors. Um, and so, you know, when when they do go through that, that means they really know what they're doing, right? Because, you know, it, it's faster if like the, it's slower the first time around, right? Because they're getting a sense of the, pro the process, they're getting a sense of, you know, what we look for in connectors, how, how they can be even better and more customer friendly, right? And then the next time it's always easier, right? But the whole point is like, either way, we are setting rigorous standards. That means these people know what they're doing, right? So in terms of like, especially like career mobility or anything like that, it's like, this is kind of proof that like, you've done something great and it's passed our tests and it's working and people can use it, right? So it's definitely something that they can show off and say, I did this. Like, I know this. I know this so well that my my work is in there, right? In the product. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah. what's, my, what's your CV? Can you prove something? Yeah. Go to the power automate, go to the connectors. That's my right. name. 
Cool. Right. My name is right there. I, I made it. I'm famous now. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, but but for sure that that's kind of a proves that the person knows the thing for sure. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. Because before this, we also had in our GitHub repository, we had a folder called custom connectors. So people would kind of drop it in there. But who's going to go in there as a customer, download yeah. it, put it into, you know, it's just like it, it was too many steps, right? So this is just like there's not such thing as downloading. As long as you have the premium license, bang, bang, you use it. That's it, right? Like it's 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 very efficient. It's supposed to show up very similar to what other connectors look like, right? And it also just like, again, it opens the door for for more potentially more open source initiatives within the power platform, right? Yeah. There could be way more that we're not even tapping into that people might ask about, right? So I know that there are power automate templates, for example, right? But if we really publish that process, right? Imagine all the templates, like again, now you're you're sharing, right? There's just like endless possibilities just from this one That'll thing. That would be brilliant. Yeah. 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 And then everyone can share it. Because like people have the same scenarios. We really do. And it's about yeah. it's really about the whole, you know, especially the whole sharing is caring model with with the PMP. Yeah. It's true. I mean, why would people do the same work over and over, right? Show yeah. off something that yeah, you did. Exactly, exactly. And I guess and I guess especially with a power automated flow, like it's maybe you don't have the exact requirement. But it's so much easier to start from something as opposed right. to yes. stare at a blank screen yes. and now, oh my God, and I have this big thing in my head, like, what are the different steps? I was like, no, no, like this template like gets me 90% there. I just need to change this little box here, variable mm -hmm. here, and I'm done. As opposed to now I need to go through a blog post or video step by step, recreate the whole thing. Like, we can do better than that, right? Definitely. And it's all about making it easier, right? If we're talking about low code, like, let's get to the easiest point. Let's make it as easy as possible for everyone. Absolutely. That's actually a really good clarification as well on the on the program. Now, I want to actually jump on two, two other topics still, um, being conscious about the time, because we could easily go on and on and on and on, uh, which we, we did do that with Wale all the time, but we used to do that with Natalie, with you on our one-to-one syncs -one as well throughout the past year. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one question five minutes, two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, so one thing what I wanted to come back is, is something which we actually quickly touched before we started the recording, which is you are now at Porto, but you're still working. So this is your work occasion thingy. How does that work? Can you explain for people who are not familiar with the term and, and yeah. how can it be? You're working from Porto now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess a workcation is, you know, you're still working, but you're opening your minds to different possibilities. You're being super curious. You're in a place where you've never been to before and you're kind of changing up your environment. And I feel like especially after the pandemic, that's so important. Many of us were stuck in a room and looking at four walls for a very long time. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> you know, like new environments always make you more creative and more curious, right? And so I've been here for exactly a week as of today, I arrived last Monday. And so because, you know, I work in New York hours and it's five hours ahead, like just the little details of how I do it. It's just like my schedule starts five hours later, right? And I'm a morning person. So back at New York, I work like, I start work at seven. I It's just like when my brain is the most functioning, I just get everything out that I need to do and then have the evenings. 
But now what I do is I have the mornings to kind of go and visit. Um, like today I went to the bookstore that JK Rowling wrote the first Harry Potter book at. So, and I got myself a book and it was like a really nice walk um, over. And I've been walking a lot here, by the way, but yeah. And then I just came back and now it's like, here you go. I'm starting my day today. Right. And I work up until, you know, eight or nine, but I actually like that because now that it's winter and it's getting darker earlier, that means that I do get my sunshine in the morning. And so part of me is also starting to think now, like when I go back to back home in New York, you know, maybe I want to reconsider working seven o'clock in the morning because we don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that means like I'll be working whenever it's sunlight. Right. So it's yeah. like, I think what's so important that we learn after the pandemic is that life requires flexibility. And I don't think that that was that common before. It wasn't as accepted. Yeah. Um, but you know, like to my manager and to my team, if I'm showing up to all the meetings I would always show up to, they won't eat, you know, there's no difference, right? Yeah. There's really right. no difference, especially since I was already working in a different time zone than they are because everyone's in Seattle except for me. So, you know, it, it's been pretty awesome. I've done something similar before in September. I was in Seattle and San Francisco, but that was like, you know, West Coast time. So yeah. in some cases, I started working at like 530 in the morning there. Again, finished at around two and now had all this time to kind of, you know, walk around and explore something new. Um, so I've cool. been really, really enjoying that. And I know this is not going to be the last of of <laughs> trips that I make. Definitely need to calm down for a little bit the next couple of months. But I, I do really appreciate the flexibility that I got to yeah. be able to do something like this. And the technology is already at the level where we can do this, which is absolutely brilliant. So it's just, and it's at least for me, who've been doing this now for six years already, uh, being in the Redmond organization, 10 hours at, before they actually start their work. Um, the mental mindset was really, really hard. And I'm still like, hey, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. You need to be at work. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't. You close up your last meeting at 11 p.m. You don't have to be You're at work. always at work, Vesta. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> Never stop. But, <laughs> There's no like, to be like, you're always at work. Um, <laughs> but but <laughs> it takes a while to learn from an individual perspective as well, the new rules of the game. So you don't have to be yeah. there and you don't feel, you don't have to feel bad about it. It's 10 a.m. You don't have to work yet. It's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, well, and and I guess with 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 that, I'm also interested. Like, okay, so for many folks, the hybrid work like that is already a change by itself. Like, I've I've worked at home and remotely for five years or so now. It's like for me that was just like when pandemic hit. That was a Wednesday. Okay, now we're working at home. Nothing's changed, you know. But with that, I want to like, okay, so how long will it take us until we switch to asynchronous work? where you don't need to be in a meeting at given time. Like my team spans from Hawaii, which is minus 12 for me, to Australia, which is plus 12. There is physically no way for our team to have a meeting where everybody's present because it's just physically impossible unless you ask somebody to join at 3 a.m. their time. It's like, yeah. really? Is that, is that that important, right? So if you think about like how many more folks we could empower, how much talent we could tap into, if we were better working asynchronously and what that means and how can we put the tools that we have already yeah. available to us to that means to help us work asynchronously, like that would be even a bigger switch. And I think that we are and still before that 
curve. Yeah. And and related on that one, it's I, I think it's 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 more and more needed as as for example in our organization we have a development center in Shanghai, then in uh, Hyperbad, uh, then I'm in here as an individual person, but then we have Atlanta, Vancouver, and Seattle, and then everybody is kind of working together, but this just isn't a time zone. There just isn't. Uh, and then you get a meeting Someone's like taking seven, a hit. Seven a.m. drawing straws, so and somebody's the, taking short ones. Exactly. For somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have how an do idea. we evolve that? How do we evolve that to the next level? So that's I interesting. Really, I have an idea. Why don't we like? You know, once a year they do an all hands and they fly everyone to the same place. Like they, there's been a lot of startups that were doing that before the pandemic, right? Just so that you do get that limited mingling, right? Yep. Or if for some reason everyone's in Europe, right? You can all meet in one place for one month and work there for a month. And right? see like, how tall awesome. everybody is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that the most important characteristics, how tall Exactly. <laughs> it's important. Some say it's bonding. <laughs> now, uh, Natalie, the, the other topic that's actually, let's not now speculate how do we enable the asynchronous work. We touched that well, like, quite a few times in this discussion, but I, I do agree that there's a lot of, that's the next step after this hybrid work. That's probably then the next big switch is the asynchronous work. So really, truly committing on that asynchronous work. Already today, we are recording all of the meetings and all of that stuff, which gives some flexibility on that. But what does it mean in practice? Um, that's interesting, uh, let's say, future industry consideration for sure. But now, Natalie, uh, one more topic what we wanted to talk about, because again, conscious by the time, uh, is, is the fact that you are a woman in an IT. Uh, can, you, can you actually talk about a bit uh, your tips for other women in IT? Because we absolutely want to increase the diversity um, in this industry as well. Yeah, definitely. I think probably the thing that's helped me the most is finding mentors that are women, right? Like just so that you have somebody incredible to look up to who's shared a lot of the same experiences as you, who worries a lot about the same things as you do, right? And who has very similar ambitions. So that's one thing that's really important. The other thing is there's so many ERGs here at Microsoft, right? This is all internal, but like any- ERGs? Well, what, are, what is ERG? ERG? Yes. Employee resource group. I like completely loved it. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Like for me, I think of it as like a nice continuation from college because we had so many clubs and extracurricular activities in school. And now it's like we kind of have that here as well. Right. And that helps you. That enables you to find the mentors, to find the allies, to learn from other people. Right. Um, like recently, there's a woman's in personal finance group that came out, right? Like I can go to like any personal finance group if I want to, right? But it's really interesting to hear from them and to hear from a lot of like topics that might affect me in my future or now, right? Um, so that's definitely one thing. And I think the other thing is like no matter who you are standing up for yourself when you know that something's wrong, whether somebody's treating treating you differently or especially like compared to everyone else in the room, I think it's so hard to speak up. I, I really do. Um, and it's definitely not an easy thing again, but it goes a long way, right? Because you're not only protecting yourself, but you're also protecting anyone else who exactly. might be in your situation in a few days, years, weeks, whatever, at a given point, right? And I think that's that's what's that's what's super important. Just making sure you're standing up for yourself and for other women in the room and for other people who are not like you or who are like you, right? I think it's yeah. the whole point is just making sure that people are treated correctly. And we we yeah. feel that in our gut. We we feel it. We know when something's wrong. Sometimes we just have to think about it uh, and find the next course of action. Yeah. Now speak up. Always speak up. 
So because otherwise, if if you don't provide that feedback and the reaction and and calling things out, nothing's going to change, unfortunately. So I, right. I think, of course, there's multiple ways of speaking up as well, and, and multiple channels and how to do that. So, but but it's it's important that people do get the feedback because it might be even that the people who are behaving badly don't realize they don't know it. Badly. Yeah, they don't know it. They don't recognize it at all. Yeah, education, education, and speaking with other people. So. That's that's the theme of the today's discussion for sure. <laughs> and being tall. That's and being tall. Yes. <laughs> and being tall. <laughs> Let's not forget about that. <laughs> uh, now, um, before we close up, I just want to ask quickly, uh, Natalie, any any interesting new things what you're now working on? Then uh, the is the the independent publisher connector thing is going to be your thing for the rest of the fiscal about how about the future are we growing things what's your kind of a way of thinking what's going to happen next anything exciting yeah we so we actually um we're about to push out credly badges for the program so i'm really really excited about that now it's something tangible that people can hold on to and carry as like a medal of honor. Um, but definitely looking to, you know, grow the program by providing even more benefits, right? So tomorrow I'm meeting with the project coordinators to think about, okay, what else can we do? What can we do in the product, right? Over the next couple of months, something as simple as, okay, you know, we have icons. They all look the same for this, for independent publisher connectors. How can we differentiate them? Do some of them deserve a gold? Or should we just write something on them? Should we just write their title, right? So it's a lot of kind of, you know, thinking about the next steps, thinking about the future. Um, And I'm also working on um, the other side of certification, which is for um, our certified partners, right? So for our API owners, so the Adobe's and all the other companies too. So I've kind of have this space of external connectors that I own now. So both independent publisher and API owner. So I'm thinking both like, you know, how can we take this to the next level? Like the the partner program is a little bit different because it's matured, right? We have a consistent um, flow coming in, consistent numbers but independent publishers are super new. So I'm kind of like looking at it two very different angles over the next couple of months. Cool. That's really, really cool. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that all of this is in really good hands. I love the energy, uh, what you shine throughout oh, other people. You. That's always good. So. <laughs> I think anyway, positivity in the world is, is just never enough positivity in the world and we can make it better. So, But thank you, Natalie. On this, on this world, do you have any anything, You any last, Things you want to ask from Natalie? I'm putting you on a spot. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, we could talk as as uh, we like. We could talk for another another days. Like, I, there's so much I want to know about independent connectors and uh, everything. Not now. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie, for joining us. Uh, we'll definitely invite you uh, again on the show uh, in the future. Um, so this one was 100 and episode 142. Uh, roughly in 200 and whatever, past 200, we'll get you back in the show. Just an Not estimate. Yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Can't wait for the next one. It's fun. Yeah. It's good to have a discussion on, on how things are evolving and it's good to get a, a refresh um, sooner or later as well. But thank you, Natalie. A really good discussion. Um, all the best for the independent publisher connectors and, and thank you for the tips for everybody else as well in the yeah. career development. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank awesome. you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Cool. So let's actually get um, back to the article side of the house. So thank you, Natalie, one more time for joining us. That was a really, really great discussion. I, I'd like 
like I said in the interview, really love the energy um, and uh, the really the focus and energy on on making things better, uh, which is how it should be, right? So. Let's copy that uh, for sure uh, in everything what we do. So thank you, Natalie, one more time. But let's jump into last week's uh, articles. And there was a lot of articles, right, Waldek? Like yes, because it was lot. Ignite News, uh, Ignite Week. It Ignite, was yes. Ignite Week. Yes, that's the right way of saying yes. that. So we didn't want to cover all of the Ignite News because that would be like 25 or was it 70 uh, blog posts. Um, but we do I, something I, I, yeah. better. So we reference the book of news, which is actually the one location where you can go and then have a look on all of the individual news across the, all of the different announcements related on Ignite. So uh, then you can actually find the individual blog posts and all of that stuff in the book of news and as a summary. And from here, uh, we are then block, uh, referencing to the individual blog uh, articles. So that's actually really, really cool. Now, uh, wow, it is super, 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 super long. So let me actually do this now. A lot of news in Ignite. So have yes. a look on that. Super cool. We wanted to call out also a few blog posts. Uh, so first of all, Jeff Deeper had a rich, secure content and collaboration for Hybridworks. So Ignite 2021 announcements. This is really focusing on the announcement from his keynote, uh, which was in the 2nd of November. Oh, no, it was actually on 3rd of November. Yes, it was, because Correct. we were overlapping, unfortunately, with that 30 minutes with our virtual session, which went actually pretty okay as well, but let's not focus on us, let's focus on Jeff. <laughs> now, uh, but in here, uh, of course, calling out the individual functionalities, calling out the improvements, calling out uh, capabilities, and and actually pretty cool uh, demos also from a platform side. So whoever wrote the code for this one was just absolutely genius, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, but that's that's a lot of news uh, related on those areas. And here uh, we also had from Cheetah announcing uh, new Microsoft Vivo partner integrations. So uh, as Microsoft Vivo is now uh, going GA uh, with the initial set of products, and more will be coming. Um, there's a a partner. Uh, partner integrations already in place. Some of the partners are already actually even in the app source related on their offerings, which is really, really cool. So we've been closely working with them um, and more will be coming for sure in the future. So um, this is basically just a, a quick summary on those and also referencing how to extend Microsoft Viva Connection learning, learning path, which is the easiest way to understand, okay, so what can I do? How do I as a partner get involved? Now, Nicole had a really nice blog post related on stay in the flow of work with the new collaborative apps for Microsoft Teams. So summary around the Microsoft Teams platform capabilities and the improvements on that side. And there's a lot of those things. So like the integration with Dynamics 365 and Power Platform integrations, which is getting better and better. And a lot of other uh, improvements here as well. So really, really, really cool stuff uh, getting announced from Ignite. Now, Ben Summers had a kind of a similar, well, add-on blog post. Is that the right way of saying this? I guess that's the right way of saying that. Yeah. Uh, building apps for collaboration in a hybrid world, uh, world where we call, call out also the other areas, not just the Microsoft Teams um, and those focus things, but also Viva Connection Toolkit is now generally available, uh, which is the SharePoint Framework 1.13. Um, we're finally actually starting to think the renaming of that one as well. So let's see if that goes uh, finally true. It's about time. And also calling out all of the other cool announcements and improvements which are coming and capabilities on the platform. So really very nice blog post from him as well. 
Now, we also had a really cool uh, blog post about the Microsoft 365 developer program, first of all, which is free. Again, this is a free program for you to get an E5 tenant, super valuable for doing development uh, in Microsoft 365. Um, and Microsoft what is E5? That's a good question, actually. E5 is the best possible call tenant with all the possible features and capabilities. It's so in other words, if you wanna if you wanna build apps on Microsoft 365, this is your playground environment where you Correct. get to try everything that we have to offer for free. Yes. And now the new thing here is that as you're signing up for the developer program, and uh, you will actually get assigned to a developer tenant instantly. So you can actually have that tenant available for you. So what we've done behind of the scenes is that we kind of queue up uh, a set of tenants, which will be then associated for you to use directly. Um, and there's an example and uh, data and content in them. So there's already predefined content, which you can use then to support you building the application for Microsoft 365. So really, really cool stuff. Uh, making it super easy, this kind of a, in a matter of almost seconds, to get started on doing development. It's just instantly. It's just instantly. Yes, absolutely. So it's no longer just free, it's free and it's instant. Yes, yes, that's a good marketing statement. Now, uh, <laughs> moving on the community article side of the house, so Mark D. Anderson had a new blog post related on displaying user photos in modern lists and libraries, so modern settings. So how do we get those settings to be available? How do we use the column formatting? Oh, so the, the settings also on the profile photos, um, so available. So really, really cool stuff. Um, Peter Venstra had a blog post down, where's the title? SharePoint site scripts and site designs in Power Automate. So how can we operate site designs and site scripts from a Power Automate site. So creating those, associating those, and those are basically the site templates which are then visible for end users. So how to do all of that automation in Power Automate site. So, and as there is a REST API, he's then explaining how to use that existing REST API through Power Automate. Really cool stuff as well. Uh, Vartman Deshpande uh, had a working with MSAL and multiple Azure AD accounts in React single page application. So basically, how to do that. Vartman is, is working in Valor Solutions and investigating a lot of the scenarios uh, for the partner solutions. Um, and, and it's great to see that we're sharing those learnings also publicly. So we're benefiting everybody uh, on these things. So really, really cool stuff as well. Uh, and then Sergey Sergev had a configure postman to be easily used with any Azure AD protected API, so SharePoint Craft Custom ETC. So um, as you're using a postman, by default, you can't hit the rest, uh, SharePoint or Craft API because those requires that you're authenticated with your account in the specific tenant. And Sergey is basically walking through the different options how to do that uh, in here. Really, really useful. Um, absolutely brilliant, useful uh, reference for the future. Then we had uh, April um, had a really cool video related on the Power Platform News Rewind from Ignite 2021. She's doing this from Build and, and the previous Ignite as well. So really walking through the different uh, different uh, announcement, potential demos and all of that stuff as well. Uh, really awesome stuff. Um, awesome 10, 12 minutes, get up to date on, on what's new on there. Um, uh, Paolo Pilarsi had a, who's this, who's this Italian? Who is this person? Paolo, <laughs> Paolo had a great video related on consuming Microsoft Graph in AC. So the Viva Connection adaptive card components. Uh, so how do you do that um, using the MS Graph client? So how do you get, get access to the graph and how do you surface the information in those ACs? So really cool stuff as well. 
Um, we also wanted to call out Juliana De Luca. She had a SharePoint custom site templates video. Um, by the way, he's, he was using the hashtag, so thank you for that. So we, we are aware of this blog post, so it helps us on finding all of the new great content. Uh, so Juliana is working on what is the custom web templates and how do you create them um, and as yes, well. And then the final video is from uh, Omar, which says uh, the new Microsoft 365 hybrid work and collaborative experience to save your time, focusing on the kind of a more end-user capabilities in the OneDrive, SharePoint, Microsoft lists, and a lot of the other things as well. So Omar, Omar is a CVP uh, on those areas, and, and he walks through those individual capabilities in Microsoft Mechanics video. So really, really great video as well. But that's pretty much it uh, for this week. So this look, like I said, a lot of announcements, a lot of news uh, announcements from Ignite. Uh, so we didn't want to call out all of them in the article section, just the main ones, so to say. Oh, that looks, by the way, super interesting as well. I'm going to call it out in here. Microsoft Loops. How do you use Microsoft Loop components early in the Microsoft Teams? So this is basically from... Daryl Webster uh, on on basically a preview uh, on uh, what are the loop components and how do you create them uh, directly in Microsoft Teams and then how you can modify that component in the discussion and in the context and dynamically and that's actually a really cool video demo as well now that I saw it uh, so uh, <laughs> available so this is how scripted we are right <laughs> but it's oh, good let's to understand see what, what else is in recommended <laughs> videos that want to share yes, exactly <laughs> exactly no but this is actually really really cool because that those loop components are already available in microsoft teams so you can already test them out today um and then the microsoft loop will be apparently provided as a separate uh, component or an application as well sooner or later yeah, so yeah. that was that was introduced in ignite but the baseline capabilities are already available it's really really cool cool What's going to happen this week, Waldek? Anything interesting on your side? Since we are done with Ignite, there's, uh, at least for me, this is time to regroup, plan what have we done, look back, and then think about yep. what do we want to do next in the coming half year. So this is planning week very much and looking back also at what I've done the last uh, six months. Oh, you need to write down, down all of that stuff as well for the reviews. Yes, connect. Yes, Evaluations. That's, that's yes. a good, good reminder as well. I need to do that as well. Um, but yeah, so I'm, of course, we community calls continue um, throughout uh, every single week. So it's not just about the ignites and builds. We want to make sure that people have new content all the time. And the next big thing, at least for me, which is actually kind of called as a few weeks time, is the call-up summit, which is coming in the end of the end of the November. So. Well, so first, first the next big big thing is tomorrow. So by the time you watch this recording, it's today, sure. which is Vesa and I will be again talking about extending Viva connections. And if you missed us at Ignite, you have another chance to see Vesa code live. So we're putting him on the spot. He yep. has the special keyboard without characters, so yep. it's it's extra hard for him to type. And he will be building an Ace, an adaptive card extension, live. So you definitely don't want to miss that. And yeah. then if you do miss that, then the week after that and the week after that and another one. So we have four weeks in a row aligned uh, three, presenting three. about, yeah. is it three weeks in a row? I think it's three. Yeah. I like I like the idea so much that I want to make it four. Yeah. Doesn't we matter. can probably make that better. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so it's definitely if you're interested in extending Viva connections, understand what you can do, how to start, how to go about it, or just left with us 
at Vesasco. <laughs> Definitely want to join always, us. I can always play my keyboard. So uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, like uh, this character isn't supposed work, to be here. Work was too easy, so I needed to add a, a additional level yeah. of of complexity. So now I'm in the in the advanced yeah. levels. So you know. So in other words, join us on Tuesdays. At the M365 community, is it no? So these are not well. These are community platform calls, but these are for the platform side. Yeah. Yes, platform Microsoft 365 platform calls Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Yes. Pacific time. So, but anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you, Waldek. Thank you, Natalie, one more time. And uh, please do uh, tag your uh, content hashtag PMP uh, Weekly so we can actually find it uh, from the Twitter uh, Twitterverse Twitterverse Twitterverse. Verse, the first, the, the verse, metaverse, the, verse, the social the verse, the Twitterverse, <laughs> diverse. <laughs> yes, all of that. But thanks, everybody, and we'll be back within a week. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.